I have a question. Yeah. Do you think Cody Brown knows about slugging? It would explain a lot, honestly. (laughs) I was watching clips from like five or six seasons ago. The man looks 10 years younger today. His skin, his hair. I mean, his hair is clownish. It's absurd. But it is intentional. There's somebody behind the scenes, must be behind the scenes, because we know it's not Robin, because she... No, she has gone the other... Not to talk about a woman's appearance disparately, but girl, the sausage curls, the eyebrows, it all is not. It needs to be (laughs) sorted out. Yes. You can tell that her sister wives have not been looking out for her. They've been trying to sabotage her. Nor have her fans or her many children. I love that we are already talking about Cody. (laughs) (laughs) It's impossible to resist. No, can't Uh, resist. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Please Bless This Podcast. This is the podcast where two sisters talk about all things Mormon and pop culture. And sometimes, a lot of the times, again and again, (laughs) we talk about sister ones. Yeah, everybody's favorite fundamentalist Mormons. Yeah. We're so sorry if you weren't ready for more Sister Wives content. Buckle up and get ready because the new season has started. We are a few episodes in. And there's so much to talk about. Yeah, it's been an emotional ride thus far. Things are really popping off in the world of the Browns. They really are. I have to say, like, I thought they would make us wait weeks and weeks and weeks before they would show us the fight between Cody and Chanel. And then when I knew it was coming in the third episode, I thought they're going to start it at the very end and it'll be like a two-week continue. No. Most of the third episode is their fight. Yeah. And I was heated watching it. Oh my gosh. I was on my feet. (laughs) I was so mad. I was like, throw his ass out. I'm gasping. I'm like pulling my hair out. Yeah. That man. The Feverishly taking notes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. The season is off to quite the start. I was going to mention, did you notice the new intro sequence? Yes. The falling ring. Ooh. Did you pick up on that? falling ring, it's like sad music. All of them Mm -hmm. are separated, which I think they've been doing that for a few seasons, but like not quite like this. Yeah. The tone, oh, it has shifted. Right. I'm here for it. This show delivers. Yeah, I like how the intro with them all being separated, it kind of looks like the start of a video game and you're like choosing your fighter. <laughs> Choose your fighter. And obviously your fighter is Janelle. Yes. An apple-shaped yes. queen. Although I do appreciate Christine's ability to just like laugh in Cody's face. Oh, yeah. So let's take this chronologically. Let's move let's through these it. episodes because Please. there's just so much to talk about. So we kick off episode one. It's just been a few weeks since the end of the previous season, mm-hmm. which kind of frustrated me because I was like, wait, we're not even caught up to what we know based on their like one-on-one sit-down interviews that they did. Like in the first episode, Janelle and Cody are still together It's just been a little while since Christine moved. And I was like, oh, well, I'm a little Mm -hmm. frustrated by this. 
but I take it all back. I don't care. I want to see every minute. I don't want to yes, miss the thing. Exactly. Exactly. There's a lot to see. Like I do kind of want to see every little fight. Like mm-hmm. I, I just do. Like that might be boring to some people because they're like, we know they're not together anymore and let's move on. This is, you know, I, I, I want to hear every word of it. Same. So one of our first scenes is actually Janelle and Christine together. We get a lot of scenes of them together, especially considering Christine doesn't even live in the same state anymore. Yeah. Um, And we learn that they still call each other sister wives. Yeah. And I love that. Me too. I love that they're just claiming that title for their relationship regardless of Cody. Right. It's their dedication to the game. Mm -hmm. It's very much like we were doing it. Mm-hmm. We were doing it all the way, and you screwed it up. Yeah. Christine and Janelle didn't get divorced. Right. They're still partnering together to raise their kids and be a family. I love it because polygamy is such an inherently patriarchal structure, like it all centers around the man and his many wives and children. And without him, these families cease to exist, right? Right. And like we see that throughout mormon history and also in contemporary polygamy like um when a man dies for instance his wives get snapped up by other men in the community Mm -hmm. um so yeah it all circulates around the man and they're both like no it doesn't yeah it's over for him it's not over for us we're still a family i love it so much yeah they just get to be rid of him yeah Isn't that great? Oh, and aren't they happier for it? So the other like big scene in the first episode is um, Christine and Cody go out to lunch. Yeah, it's awesome, honestly. (laughs) And he is so mad, just simmering right under the surface with Mm -hmm. rage. Yeah. And she is like fully laughing in his face. Yeah, you know, she was his wife forever. Yeah. You know, she knows exactly where he's at. Mm-hmm. She knows exactly where he's at. He's at an 11. She knows exactly how to push his buttons, but not too far. Yep. Keep him there. She she gets to be the good guy, but she still gets to be like, you really screwed this up and I'm going to have fun with it. I'm yep. having fun with it. At some point in that conversation, he says something about how they should do like, couples therapy to help them through their divorce and she's like why really yeah she's (laughs) like oh you're still you're mad yeah oh well okay yeah and then you cut to her interview and she's like oh i know he's mad oh i know we're never doing therapy because he says this he's been saying this but he has no follow-through like she is reading him for filth and not hiding her like blatant mockery of him. Yeah, it's fabulous. It's satisfying to watch. Mm-hmm. But then cut to Robin because she mm-hmm. can't help but chime in. Yep. Miss Robin, I would do couples therapy with any of my sister wives. Prove it, Robin. And why haven't you? Right. Call a therapist, set it up. Five years ago, do it. Like, right. she does this all the time where she's like, I would do anything to keep this family together. Well, what are you doing then? I would go to therapy with any of them. Then plan it, book it. Like, mm-hmm. just saying the words doesn't make it so. Like, 
you, uh, she just performs that she is the one willing to sacrifice anything and do anything. Yeah, she's not willing to take action. She just w- cries. <laughs> and I think that she feels like because she's the only one who cries. Yeah. That it kind of places her in a certain place in the hierarchy. Like, yeah. I am feeling this more than everybody else. And this is hurting me more than it's hurting everybody else. And totally. so that's all I need to do. Yes. And I don't want to say that tears are inherently manipulative or always used in a manipulative no. way. I think tears can be like very authentic and genuine. I think in the patterns we've seen with her, she's a manipulative crier. She yes. cries to like hold on to control and also to hold on to this narrative about like her unimpeachability in the family. Mm-hmm. Like she couldn't possibly be a part of the problem. Look at her over there crying about the problem. Right. She can't believe it's happening. She's no. so shocked. She doesn't understand it. Right. She loves to do that, too. There's this point where she's like, I really don't see what the deal breakers are between Christine and Cody. Um, They're divorced. The deal is broken. That's what the deal breaker is. It's over. Right. It has been and declared like, over. And she, it's just she she really lets herself play dumb. Like, she's not a dumb person, but she's mm-hmm. willing to let herself look a little bit dumb for the <laughs> plot. Like, yeah, she's like, what was the straw that broke the camel's back? And it's like a uh, dummy. It's not one thing. You've right. been around. Right. You know these people. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, we know these people. We can see it. We're just watching them on TV. You're living with them, except apparently not. <clears throat> so, yeah. like, it's pretty apparent. Just open your eyes and stop playing games. That takes us to one of my favorite quotes. This is from episode two. Tell me. Um, Where Christine says, I don't think Robin's ever lived plural marriage. Yo. What a thing to say. Yeah. I wish that she had elaborated more. I I am waiting for Christine, Janelle, any of them. You know what I really want? Please. I want Mary to pop off. Can you imagine? It's just a matter of time before Mary drops the facade and is like, I'm just going to say what's true. Because... Cody has completely iced her out of the family. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. And Robin's only keeping her in because Mary's all she's got. Yes. And it's just a matter of time before Mary's like, forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. And also, let's be for real about what this is. I mean, Christine says, so she says, like, I don't think Robin's ever lived plural marriage. I mean, ever since even before they got together. And then she cuts herself off. She's like, there's no point getting into it. And I'm like, wait, what hasn't happened yeah. since before? I, I'm like, my mind went wild. I was like, are you about to say that like Cody stopped having sex with his other wives yeah. even before? I mean, that it's been that long. That's where my head went immediately. Yeah. is like, oh, she's never shared him at all. Right. Not that sex is the only important way to share a partner that's silly, but I was just like, where are you going, Christine? I want you to go there. I want to hear what you have to say. Right. But if he's having like your normal sexual relationships with his other three wives before he marries her and then not having sexual relationships with them anymore, that is a big deal. That's a huge That's shift. Yes. We also can pretty much pick up on that 
he's not having sexual relationships with his wives. No. And hasn't for quite some time. Like, at this point, I think Mary has clocked, it's been like at least eight years since they've had what she calls any kind of husband and wife dynamic, whatever that means. Janelle, I would suspect it has been mm-hmm. a long time based on yeah. everything about their dynamic. Yeah. Christine, I would suspect it's been a long time, considering too how he was like, I've never even been attracted to you. When they split up, doesn't make me think he's been, like, a healthy sexual partner to her. Yeah. The math isn't mathing here. And I want to know. But this is what I love about them all leaving is now they're going to say that kind of stuff. Like, Christine's like, I'm divorced. I can just say it. Once there's more of them, they're just going to say it. Right. As the apples start to fall, more and more is going to come out. Yeah. Can't wait. The other big reveal of episode two. So it's right before the holidays that these episodes are being filmed. We learn that there's a group text among all of the kids across all four moms to plan a sibling gift exchange. and. Initially, it's just the siblings making the plans. For some reason, they decide to bring the parents in. Um, And Robin is like, we need to do a video call. How many kids are there? I mean, in the 20s. Like 20, yeah. 20 something. Like a lot of people to coordinate on a video call quickly. Like... I, I, that's a big ask, right? Yeah. These are like adults in most cases working, living all spread across the map. These aren't people who can just jump on a call. But just as hard to get adults on the, on a video call is to get little children. And there are also little children on this group chat. So they're like, that's kind of tricky. Can we coordinate it this way? And she, because they won't do what she wants. She is like, I just gave up. I Why am I even trying? And then it seems like there was some passive aggressive stuff said from a number of people, but Robin specifically apparently said something like, my kids don't even know what their siblings look like anymore. Mm-hmm. And someone said, well, one video call isn't going to change that. So Robin, the adult in the room, is coming in to like fuck up this sibling gift exchange. Yep. What the heck, man? Yep. She's like, you know what? I'm blowing this up. Yes. Sorry, and, kids. And then somehow makes it they are excluding me and my children. Right. They did. Yeah, and they then included I'll- your children. They included them. And then, yeah, she and all of her children pull out of the group chat. Mm hmm. And really out of the nice gift Robin. exchange and out of the holiday, essentially. They're just like, bye. And yet it's a surprise that everybody is doing Christmas elsewhere and doesn't yeah. feel welcome. It's and like Robin, she makes it impossible. She doesn't get what's wrong. What's the problem, everybody? I can't think of almost any show where it is so clear who is the villain and who is the hero. <laughs> like 
Like, you know, I watch a fair amount of reality TV and I am sometimes stunned to learn that like people are fans of characters that I'm like, really? That's who you like on this show? Mm. You know, it's uh, there's often like a mix of opinions. I don't see a mix of opinions here. I feel like the people watching the show are like, whoa, Robin, you are the problem. Whoa, Cody, you are the problem. Yeah. In some way, Mary, you're the problem. Mm. Poor Mary. Everybody, Christine, we salute you. God bless Janelle. We're rooting for you, girl. We're rooting for you. Get out. No. So that takes us to episode three. Yeah. This is the big fight. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what to say about it. Yeah. So it all revolves around Christmas. It's like, are we going to get together for Christmas? Are the kids going to want to see Cody? Because at one point he said they can't come for Christmas until they apologize. Right. Because to recap, Cody was really tight about COVID and he Mm -hmm. has 20 children, many of which are adults. And they continued to socialize and have friends. And their moms continued to see those children rather than complying. And live with them rather than complying super strictly to Cody's rules, which, according to everybody, weren't very clear to begin with. Yes. Apparently, he he kept them from them. They were kind of ambiguous, but also absurd. Like, mm-hmm. Janelle has repeatedly said, like, we were following the CDC guidelines. We just weren't following, like, your random set of arbitrary rules. It's also ironic because Cody, like, is an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. He also apparently, I mean, we've seen on camera, he, like, went to that wedding. He officiated a wedding. He, like, goes on these little man trips and is sitting indoors with people but is like, we have to be six feet apart from my children. And and when my sister wives get together, we have to sit outside. Like, it, there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah, he's just being ridiculous. And he's just like, let's be real. The point of all this, he's just trying to blow things up. Yeah. And he can't do it himself. He's an immature little baby. He's a teenage boyfriend. He's the abusive teenage boyfriend who's mm-hmm. like afraid to break up with his multiple girlfriends and mm-hmm. is just trying to get them to break up with him so that he can still be the victim and throw yep. a big fit and scream and cry because he loves to do it and honestly we love to see it <laughs> so i mean it complain. makes good tv it does I, I janelle straight up calls him out for exactly what you're saying and she puts it in the context of their religious belief like as the man as the patriarchal core of this plural family he literally can't end these relationships mm-hmm. that would be like um like denying his priesthood duty right like denying mm-hmm. his god-given role i mean he literally can't so yeah. instead he just treats these women terribly ignores them for so long mm-hmm. that they finally are like, okay, bye. Yeah, that's and enough. He's been doing it with Mary for apparently almost a decade. <laughs> uh, Christine finally had enough, and Janelle's mm-hmm. finally having enough of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful to see. One of my favorite things was um, 
his repeated use of the word gaslight. <laughs> he does not know what that word means. No, he definitely doesn't know what it means. And my favorite part, my favorite part, my favorite part, because he used it like 17 times. And then Janelle turned it around and was like, honey, you're gaslighting me. Yeah. And he's like, you're just using that word because I used it. Mm-hmm. And he said it in the most like 15 year old boy way. So condescending. So delightful. He thinks I he's hate him so, so much. smart. Katie, oh my gosh. Another thing he says that made me want to throw like my TV across the room <laughs> where he's like acting like he's so smart. He's like, I've carried this family on my shoulders like Atlas. Like and Atlas. the minute I shrug. What? What? You think that that like makes sense or is profound yeah. or like? What do you think you're saying? His his reference to Atlas shrugged was yes. almost too much to bear. So the fight, the fight. Again, context. Christmas. What are they gonna do? Right. And because he he delivered this ultimatum, we saw him do it saying mm -hmm. the boys have to apologize and then uh he walked it back but at that point the damage is done right and you're the mm -hmm. adult you're the parent you need to reach out to your kids do something but he won't and so instead it's janelle's fault because she told them he said that right she delivered told the them message. the ultimatum right. and then everybody's pissed off and they don't want to talk to him so that's her fault. Um, and so now he's like, you've robbed me of contact with my family. Do you even understand that parents are supposed to be a united front? He's just saying all this condescending bullshit to her. He is calling her a liar. He's like, you've never supported me, supported been on me. my side, respected mm -hmm. me. Uh, don't talk to the kids about me because... You can't be trusted. Mm -hmm. Just throwing out crazy accusations. Like, imagine your partner, your co-parent, saying these things to you. Someone you've been with for decades. Someone who supposedly loves you. Like, wild yeah, stuff totally coming nuts. out of his She's mouth. She's a better woman than me. Oh, my gosh. I would have lost my mind. And she does fight back. And good for yeah. her. I mean, she's like, I am not a liar. You cannot put this all on me. Like, you have said X, Y, and Z. You need to reach out to your kids. You are responsible for those relationships. Like, but he he won't let her finish a sentence. Right. He's acting like a little brat. He's like, meh, 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 meh. Like, like mocking her talking over her yeah when she says like well why didn't you reach out to the kids or whatever and he literally said the phone works both ways yeah. this is a parent saying that about his children Yo. unironically oh yeah he doesn't he doesn't get it at all at one point she says i feel like you're being manipulative or i feel like you can be manipulative or whatever and he's like tell me how almost it almost sounded sincere for a second and then he points directly to the camera looks directly into the camera and says 
tell the world how. Yeah. Ooh. That was crazy. That was chilling. Because it's exactly, it's like you're being manipulative right now. Right this in this is an moment. Everybody can see. I don't need to tell yeah. the world how. You're doing it. Yeah. And it makes, it made me wonder because obviously we only see these people in the context of like they're on camera, they're being interviewed or whatever. Like how does them being public play into all of this stuff? You know, mm -hmm. like, cause you know, Cody is using it big time mm -hmm. against them in his own manipulative way. And in his attempt to blow everything up, he's using you know the performance of it all yeah because at this point i mean he's performing oh yeah and i think he knows it and i think that he, they all are and you have to be kind of yeah, yeah so yeah. like you know i'm sure it is confusing but it also is kind of it kind of gives you this like dramatic license and totally he's yeah. like gunning for an emmy here you know it's like a knife to the kidney it's still <laughs> ringing in my ears. I know. This I performance. Actually, that was a great performance. I, I put down, you have cheated me out of contact with my yes. family. I know. I wrote that down in all caps, the way he yes. said it. I mean, he was Laurence Olivier-ing that shit. And yeah. um, he accuses them of doing this. You know, he's like, Janelle and Christine sit on this couch and say things that they haven't said to me. Well, Cody, if I recall, you've done that, like saying, I don't think of Mary as a wife. Yes. For the first time that she had heard it in an interview. Oh, oh I was so she upset saw when it did that. when we saw it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a fucked up thing to do. Yes. None of them have done anything even close to that level. Right. And we're supposed to think he's the glue. I know. You're the glue. He's the Atlas carrying the family on his shoulder. But Katie, sometimes you just gotta shrug. Sometimes you gotta shrug. What does it heavy mean? Because you guys aren't <laughs> carrying it with me. Uh, so that fight ends just so dramatically. Like yeah. he's like, I've had enough. I'm not listening to you. And I never, and I won't. Right. And just leaves, storms out, and she's like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, he pushes her as far as he can. You mm -hmm. you can tell he's doing, like, the textbook thing where he's just, like, trying to make her as mad as possible. Yep. In, in that situation, I would be, like, throwing chairs. Like, he <laughs> is being such a nightmare. But instead of throwing a chair, Janelle says, shut your fucking mouth. Yes. Which right. was awesome. And well deserved. Honestly, yeah. the fact that he's the one storming out, considering all the things he had said, she kept it together. Yeah. And he I know I was. He didn't. I was a little disappointed that she said that because I was like, oh, now he can storm out and be the victim. But it's not her fault. It's no. he, he just is good at being a nightmare. Yes. It was a completely justifiable reaction on her part. But yeah, then he's just like, well, great. Here's my big moment. That's my cue. Yeah. Exit stage yeah. <laughs> left. You know, here we go. 
Um, and he literally, the finger pointing and the, yes. it's crazy. His curls just bouncing. He was <laughs> getting so heated. He had sunglasses on top of his head and he's getting so heated that they're sliding further and further back. And all I could do was watch the sunglasses tumbling down his curls. Yeah. I was like, you yeah. look like a clown, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um later well so the very next scene is basically janelle being like that was terrible i don't think we come back from that and now i'm worried about money Mm -hmm. like what's gonna happen to my estate what's gonna happen to this house i want to build to my financial future because i bet on this family and that was not a smart thing to do yeah I worry for her. I know. It's so brutal to think that, like, they've sunk so much money into this, like, property that they might just lose into, like, Robin having a big house and a nanny. And Janelle is in this little apartment still just trying to figure out what to do next. Yeah. And he's clearly not going to help. Right. Did you see that TikTok? Oh, my gosh. I wish I knew the name of the creator. I don't think I saved it. They pointed out, because there are brief little blips where you can see the inside of Robin's house, Mm -hmm. which is a whole thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know what's going on in Robin's house. For some reason, she's allowed to just say cameras aren't allowed here. And so we never see the inside. There are all sorts of theories. She's a hoarder or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not, there's no reason to believe that. But, you know, that that people are pointing out like piles of stuff when you get little peeks into the house sure though some people i'm reading the comments i'm feverishly reading the comments people are talking though about how cody was up until recently split between several houses Mm -hmm. and now he's just in her place so maybe that's just all his shit regardless looks looks a bit of a mess but i was gonna say inside robin's house which um they did buy furnished i know what you're gonna talk about it's the art it's the art yeah so very interesting art Mm -hmm. Uh, very kind of disturbing scenes of of a deer in a forest fire and just really like ugly i mean sorry um whatever sure art is subjective but it's ugly and strange but it's ugly it's ugly yeah and weird beach art as hell yeah yeah so this creator like reverse google image searched the art that they have hanging on their walls in just one corner there's like a shot from like a year or so ago the last time they were like in robin's house and that one corner had like twenty five thousand dollars worth of art hanging on the walls yeah so yeah they're spending money hand over fist potentially and there's just all sorts of i i don't know i'm highly suspicious about their financial situation Mm -hmm. and and um where those where their the funds they do have are really going and Mm -hmm. i don't know it seems like cody is willing to neglect his wives in every way so why would he not neglect them financially yeah i mean TikTok creators who do videos about sister wives are just absolute gems, just queens of TikTok. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So another creator on TikTok, again, I didn't save this. I totally should have. They were like cutting back to 
Cody saying to Christine, if you want to take a vacation, save your grocery money versus Robin's corner with $25,000 with art and her like million dollar house and this speculated like piles and piles of boxes at her door, like the money is maybe not being distributed evenly. We also, in that third episode, after the big fight with Janelle and Cody, we get a sit down with Mary and Robin and Cody where he's like, oh, I just had this big fight with Janelle. I don't even know what I was yelling. That gave me pause. He doesn't even yeah. know what he was yelling. Ooh. Go to a therapist yeah. today. Like what yeah. is happening? Yeah, this brings me back around to there have been several times where Robin has very pointedly said that Cody is so angry. Mm -hmm. And it's always so angry. And I'm mm -hmm. like, that's like kind of a, a big and important thing that you're saying. Like, yeah, it's a little bit freaky. Like, is he like, what is really going on? What's he going through? What's he really like? Mm hmm. You know, I honestly, if I'm just doing like psychic, like a psychic reading on this, I think they're all going to go. Honestly, I feel like. I feel like Robin could go before Mary. Interesting. I've seen some speculation about that on TikTok and people talking about how because she's older in these polygamous communities, like her commodity, her value as a woman is really low mm -hmm. so if she were to leave she would get picked up by another man but she would essentially function as like a nanny yeah for the rest of her life right whereas robin still has a little bit more youth and yeah i mean she's got clout with cody she's the only one who respects him right. she's the only one showing him absolute loyalty but um, I've also seen speculation that Cody's going to pick up other wives, younger yes. wives, and then Robin may have to actually live plural marriage and she may hate that. So it is really interesting to think about these potential futures. I'm like embarrassed to say that I had never considered Cody getting a new wife, hmm. but once it, once I got that worm in my ear yeah I, that is definitely a possibility especially when you see how he prefers his younger children that's where he wants to like he likes the kind of hero worship of like a little child and their dad yes and that sort of like uncritical <laughs> dynamic mm -hmm. um yeah so getting married to a younger wife having more little kids would sort of feed his ego in that way and replenish his quiver of wives that he needs to get into the celestial kingdom so it doesn't seem to me like that's out of the realm of possibility at all no i mean honestly if he's really because we we don't totally know what's going on with them like spiritually and like within their church or whatever but i mean if he is still practicing within that fundamentalist sect like that's gotta be like I don't know, being brought up to him. I'm like, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. My understanding is he is still a part of the AUB hmm. based on things I've read, based on TikToks I've seen, based on like analyses of the kids' Patreon content. Like he's still in it. 
I mean, those dudes he meets with at the beginning of season three or episode three, rather, for his like man therapy, they're all in. They're all current practicing polygamous men. I thought so. Am I wrong? No, I think he said one of them is. Oh, okay. Yeah, because one of them, I th- maybe two, because his brother, I think, is in. Mm-hmm. And then there was another guy. And then there's a guy who's like a never, who's like a mainstream Mormon. I don't know. I've seen some compelling arguments that he's still in. Hmm. And that makes me think. I mean, yeah, he's an older man at this point, but older men in polygamy, that doesn't matter. Right. And just look at his skin. <laughs> That's why he's being so careful. Oh, he's moisturizing to get himself a young wife. There was one more thing that I found noteworthy in that conversation with Mary and Robin and Cody after his fight with Janelle. Um, They're talking about Christmas and he's just like, I only want to be around people who want to be around me. Um, And they decide Mary's going to host christmas eve and robin and cody are hosting christmas day and mary asks should i invite everybody because janelle and christine are gonna be janelle's kids are gonna be in town like yeah and like mary is offering to be this bridge like let me invite them they'll come to my house i mean we have this tradition mary apparently always runs christmas eve Hmm. and robin says that sounds scary So the person who continues to claim to be like all in on this family working their stuff out and I don't know what the problem is. I don't know why we can't get over it. When there are opportunities to like build bridges, she's like, no. It would have been so easy Mm -hmm. to just let that happen. Yep. That's crazy. It's so sad. I had a feeling when I was watching the first episode of the new season, they were like showing lots of like throwback photos of the like family when they were young. And it's like sad, you know, when you Mm -hmm. see this family with like all these little kids and it's like, you know, they seemed like a lot more. I think things were really unstable, but they seemed happy. I think in their like romantic relationships where they were happier. And then like, man things just went downhill so fast when he married robin and because the family is so huge it's just so many people who are being like estranged from each other by just a few adults behaving in a ridiculous way yeah i agree it is really sad but it's also like really fantastic to see christine and janelle like taking a stand christine seeming to just thrive like she seems so much happier outside Mm -hmm. of her marriage than she was inside of it and good for them amen i'm excited for a whole season of that i know any predictions i think things with mary are gonna like start to bubble over i think christmas is going to be a turning point for mary she's already saying a lot more like i'm an outsider here i'm just kind of have a hanger on and it's awkward and i don't really want to do it yeah she's making a lot of comments Mm -hmm. like did we mention in the first episode of the season when she goes to robin's house Mm -hmm. and robin number one doesn't let her in does not welcome her into the house right they meet outside 
And Mary doesn't have a coat. She came unprepared to be like hanging out outside. Mm -hmm. And so Robin grabs her a coat and it's Cody's. And Mary is like, oh, wow. I like Cody used to like offer me his coat back in the day. <laughs> and she says, it's almost like getting a hug from Cody. It's been a long time. Ugh. She is so tragic. But she's saying it out loud now. She's, like, not pretending. And, like, with a chuckle. It's Mm -hmm. so bizarre. It really is. I think Robin's out of there. I think Christmas is going to be sort of the end. You mean Mary? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean Mary. Robin, no. Robin, I think, is stuck. Yeah. I think so, too. And she's got the little kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And to... Again, in a community like that, things like divorce, being a little older, she just wouldn't have the cachet to make it worth it to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think she's stuck. And I think it's going to suck. It's the bed she made, you know, now she's going to mm-hmm. lie in it. I know. That's what you get for kind of blowing blowing everything up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't just get, oh, I get my hus- this husband all to myself. It's, no, you get this angry, yeah, scary, nightmare person. And you lose the money that three other women were bringing in. So, yeah. like, your financial future is compromised. Your romantic future is going to be a bummer. <laughs> yeah. And he is maybe going to get some younger wives. And you're going to have to, like, that's going to be complicated to navigate and she's not good at sharing so we made sister was again no promises that we will not because it is a just a constant well of content but one thing i wanted to talk about all of this watching all of this and just thinking about sister wives and polygamy i want to talk a little bit more about like just the legacy of polygamy for our family and for mainstream mormonism um, this all started because a couple weeks ago, an article came out, um, by Jana Reese in the Salt Lake Tribune about a new biography of Joseph F. Smith. So Joseph F. Smith was a Mormon prophet. He's the, uh, son of Hiram Smith, who was Joseph Smith's brother. So, you know, he has that, uh, Mormon royalty in his blood. Hey. And this new biography of him apparently talks about what a, like, angry, traumatized, abusive man he was, as well as a great prophet. And reading just the article about the book, I was shook. (laughs) So a couple of things that I want to bring up. Joseph F. Smith, the Mormon prophet, the son of Hiram Smith. He uh, divorced, his first wife divorced him because he was like horrifically abusive to her. He would like physically beat her, but also verbally attack her. Um, One little tidbit from the the, uh, uh, documents surrounding their divorce. He told her he would drill a hole in her head and fill it with manure because that would be better than her brain. Damn. Yeah. sick burn right like whoa nice guy (laughs) yeah um he also beat one of his neighbors almost to death 
as a 35-year-old adult. Wow. So they're like, oh, man, he's, like, got a murderous anger. Let's make him a general authority. Yeah, you know what? President of the church. Yeah. Um, He also had several of his non-infant sons circumcised because he thought it would keep them from masturbating. The oldest of those sons was in his 20s. Ooh. So he has this real, like, barbaric. Yeah. Sadistic. Yeah, violent Mm -hmm. side. So that was interesting. And that got me thinking. I was like, wait, Joseph F. Smith, don't, aren't we related to him? Hmm. (laughs) Because I've heard, you know, family stories about all the polygamous connections. And I was like, oh, yeah, one of grandma's cousins, um, one of grandma's mom's cousins was one of Joseph F. Smith's wives. And when polygamy ended, she was not chosen. And so she kind of lived the rest of her life in poverty and isolation, which was what happened to these families that were not chosen at the end of polygamy, happened to members of our direct family too mm-hmm. um so i'd heard stories about this woman and i was like yeah i didn't know that he was abusive and his first wife had divorced him so i'm getting on family search i have to say i use family search more as an ex-mormon than i ever used it <laughs> as a mormon if mom and dad yes. saw my family search activity they'd be like oh my gosh no. you've got the spirit of elijah in your heart <laughs> but family search is full of gossip it's full yeah. of juicy little tidbits yes so i was like what's the deal um after divorcing his first wife after she left him was granted a divorce because of his abuse he married five more women mm. um which yikes you can only imagine what their lives were like right mm-hmm. um he uh and that led me to look into like who Hiram Smith's wives were who Joseph Smith's mom was so Hiram Smith married sisters oh um and was also married to Joseph Smith's mother when Hiram Smith died because he was killed in Carthage jail with Joseph Smith um Mm -hmm. Heber C. Mm Kimball scooped up Joseph Smith's wife or mother sorry as his own wife so these men would die and other men would be like oh she's mine now even though the whole argument right for polygamy is that all these women and children need to be sealed to a priesthood holder but she already was so why does she need to be sealed again why does she need to be scooped up again why does she have to go through this again I know. And it's like, oh, it's because they need somebody to take care of them. They need to be like provided for. It's like, then provide for them. Right. Go ahead. You don't have to force them to marry you and have sex with you to provide for them. Um, So then I'm like, oh, Heber C. Kimball. Weird that he then married Joseph Smith's mother. Um, But then I looked into Heber C. Kimball, who we know from a previous episode was in Two Divining Rods. So he's already on our radar. Um, he was marrying 20 year olds well into his 50s. He had dozens of wives. Um, and many of them were teenagers when he married them. Many of them. He also is the father of Helen Mar Kimball, who is the 14 year old that Joseph Smith 
was sealed to. And that makes it make sense, right? Because he loved marrying teenagers. So, of course, he let his teenage daughter, he let Joseph Smith marry his teenage daughter. Sure. This is what I found out that I didn't know. I learned this just from family search. (laughs) So, Helen Mark Kimball at 14 is sealed to Joseph Smith, who's in his 30s. He is killed not long after that. Mm-hmm. She, a couple of years later, marries a man named Horace Whitney. Horace Whitney and Helen Mark Kimball are married for time only because she's already sealed to Joseph Smith. Sure. And if you're not a Mormon, this is a big deal. This is the whole mm-hmm. thing. This is the whole fucking point. To like Mormons get married in the temple for time and all eternity. The only way to get into the celestial kingdom, the highest degree of heaven, is to be married for time and all eternity. The whole point of polygamy is for all of these people to be married for time and all eternity. When you are married by a Mormon bishop but not in a temple, they explicitly say you are married for time only, not for eternity. Mm-hmm. Just to fucking <laughs> kick your yeah. kneecaps. So right. she is married to Horace Whitney. She's still a teenager. For time only, she is resealed to Joseph Smith on that day. For who knows what the fuck reasons. Um, she goes on to live her life married to Horace Whitney. They have 11 children together. Multiple of them are stillborn or die as infants. Um, one of them grows up to be Orson F. Whitney. Remember that quote from the episode about like we will have shakespeare's and milton's of our own orson f whitney the general authority helen mar kimball's son holy smokes she is not sealed to those children whoa she is sealed to fucking joseph smith who died when she was a teenager that's nuts elisa and like maybe they shook it out later and they let her be sealed i don't know all i know is Damn. That is how she lived her life. And again, if you're not Mormon and you're like, what's the big deal? It's a huge deal. This is the whole point. If you're a Mormon woman who's having stillborn children and losing infant Mm -hmm. children, or even just having children who live their whole lives and you just love them, you know? Right. The whole reason to be sealed in the temple for time and all eternity is the promise that those children will always be your children. Your family will always be your family. If she's not sealed to them, they are not hers for eternity. Mm. These stillborn children will not be hers. Orson F. Whitney will not be hers. Her husband, who she lives her whole life with, will not be hers. It is crazy to me. And, like, obviously, none of it's true, so none of it matters. But she did it. Right. Poor Helen. Poor Helen. I know. I mean, all the way through. Fuck. Her dad. Please bless. Joseph Smith marriage. Her everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where family search led me. And I was just like, this whole thing is a shit show and a sham. And women have been exploited and abused by it from day one. And yes. there is, like, no other legacy here to talk about that's worth talking about. Amen. I know. I really cannot believe the way that everyone in the church, and, like, honestly, especially women, overlook 
um joseph smith's like uh marriages mm-hmm. i mean to begin with i mean right. there's so much obviously but i don't know we even heard from people from women in our lives who are still in the church that they've struggled in the past with joseph smith and with his uh multiple marriages and it's like marriages to young women but they you know blah 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 with they prayed about it and done yeah. it. it's just like you gotta be fucking kidding me it's not something they'll understand in this life but in the next it'll all be made clear no no it was wrong nope. it harmed people <laughs> for it, generations yes for generations this is the other thing i learned on family search about our like personal family legacy of polygamy just digging around trying to figure out how we were related to Joseph's wives I realized our grandmother's mother's parents were first cousins and they were first cousins because they were polygamists um like offspring of John Taylor who's the prophet and they're trying to like keep that Mm-hmm. Again, Mormon royalty legacy going. This is not an unusual situation. Like incest in plural marriage is a well-documented phenomenon to this day. But I think mainstream Mormons like to pretend that it wasn't really a thing for mm-hmm. our version. And it absolutely was. Right. It absolutely was. And like um, just this week, I got a couple messages from folks listening to the podcast who were talking about the same thing in their family like mm-hmm. it is absolutely the legacy of polygamy yeah in mainstream mormonism not in fundamentalist offshoots not an extremist offshoot no like, this is the mainstream legacy yes i know growing up it's like we are different from them that is not what this is that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with us like we are so barely removed from them like we talked about in the um keep sweet episode it could have been us yeah so easily yep it could have been us so easy if only john taylor had chosen our family right instead of casting us aside (laughs) i literally Um, look like him okay yeah our grandma she was the spitting image man yeah straight up and i've been told i look like grandma i think you do Mm -hmm. i think i do a little i think so too but you do for sure yeah um the keep sweet reference reminds me of another thing i wanted to bring up so there is a tiktoker bj the lamanite who creates like these amazing compilations of church leaders saying horrific things over the years Mm -hmm. on tiktok um, and I shared one of his videos to our Instagram and it was church leaders saying ridiculous things about women. And one of them was women make sure to avoid loud laughter. Ugh. So I shared that to our Instagram and a few people, several people messaged about it. And a few of them who aren't Mormons were like, this is so weird. Why mm-hmm. is he talking about laughter? And I realized That if you've never gone through the temple, you don't know that in the temple, one of the promises you make is to avoid loud laughter. That's so stupid. Yeah. It is one of, like, the core promises you make in the temple. There are only 
so many of them and that is one every time you go to the temple you're reminded to avoid (laughs) loud laughter okay and it just makes me think about like growing up Mm-hmm. Do you think our parents were ever like, "Ooh, I'm laughing too loud"? Yes, a hundred. I gotta tone it down, without a doubt. Ooh, I can't watch this because I enjoy it too much and it makes me laugh too loud. Yeah, uh, honestly, <laughs> but in a like bigger sense, and I love our parents. I don't of course like to talk about them. I, you know, whatever. They're still members, and it's hard. But like, whatever. I, I'm talking about this with a light heart. <laughs> you know sure um i think that they uh try to like stifle mm-hmm. themselves and, like, subdue mm-hmm. yeah they just subdue everything i think that's true and i think it's because of the temple mm-hmm. i yeah. think it's because of the commandment to avoid loud laughter i mean that full promise is to avoid light-mindedness loud laughter and evil speaking of the lord's anointed Mm. if i'm remembering it right i think i just quoted the temple ceremony from memory which is honestly a little terrifying but those are grouped together so light-mindedness like i don't know like just having a having a silly goose time right don't do it and and if you do certainly don't laugh loudly about it and then like grouping that with evil speaking of the lord's anointed like if you get if you have too much fun you're gonna criticize the church leaders or something like it's a weird little set of promises that you make and i remember the very first time going through the temple i was like what yeah and but it was like a full it it revealed something to me about my entire life i was like oh all the adults around me were worried about laughing loudly Mm -hmm. no wonder we like kind of like yeah toned down the fun for sure and like beyond just like laughter just like um not wanting to attract attention mm-hmm. po- positive or negative honestly mm-hmm. negative attention wasn't usually an issue but positive attention i feel like our parents or especially our dad will like oh you know if they're getting positive attention for doing mm-hmm. something or people if they're being praised sure. he's being praised take the spotlight uh-huh. off me i don't want that yeah. And it's and it goes beyond just like not wanting attention. It's mm-hmm. like he's like, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think too about like this is such a silly story, but um when in nineteen ninety-five, I remember the year. It was a big year for me. The Seattle Mariners, which was our baseball team, went to the playoffs, did better than they'd ever done before. We were watching every game. It was like very mm-hmm. exciting. And I remember, oh, I want to say it was Jay Buner. Somebody listening to this is going to know if I'm right or wrong. And I kind of love that challenge. Um, I want to say it was Jay Buner hit a, a Grand Slam that won the game, a big game. Mm-hmm. And I remember we're all in the living room watching. Mm-hmm. And dad is standing because he's so into it. And he's so excited. He like... 
raises his hands up to celebrate, hits the light fixture in the entryway, shatters it. Yeah. Punches it. Because he's so excited. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was like, I don't know, we kids were tickled by that. We were like, totally. I can think of so few times where I saw big reactions, like big feelings like that. Mm -hmm. Especially about something like fun, exciting, like, and I feel like our kind of story of that was like, wow, that was so funny and like cool and dad broke the light. It was not funny to he and mom. No. It was not a story they wanted to like retell, relive, like have brought up. The It was like very silently like cleaned up, replaced, not spoken of again. Mm-hmm. And I think about that in the context of like avoid light-mindedness and loud laughter. And like did dad think he had sinned? Yeah. Yeah, I totally see that connection now that you mention it. Like you talking about that, I was like three or four years yeah. old and I remember that and you remember because it. it was so awesome. And it was so, it, we never, there are so few moments like that I can think of where like you saw one of our parents like truly like let go. Mm-hmm. Everything was so tight. Mm-hmm. they're just held. too good yeah they're, they're good at being mormons good. they're really good at keeping the rules yeah they're really good at it and this one this is a rule they're really good at mm-hmm. and it's a rule that i could have never <laughs> been good at for a single moment in my whole life i mean i think it says a lot <laughs> I never tried to live it. After I went through the temple, I was like, that's a weird one. I, but I never, ever, not even once, caught myself laughing and was like, ooh, tone it down. You're laughing too loud. Yeah. <laughs> I could never, like, what? That's wrong. That's wild to me. But I know there are Mormons who do that. I know there are Mormons For who are sure. doing that every day of their lives. I mean, you can tell. Mm-hmm. You can tell when you're in the presence of Mormons. There's yeah. this subdued energy. You can tell when you watch conference, when you watch little videos of the general authorities. David Bednar has not laughed loudly since mm. he was a little boy, and he was scolded for it. He sure was. Yeah. You can just tell. Mm-hmm. Let it out, Dave. Yeah. So for all of our fellow ex-Mormons, let's just all have a great big loud laugh together. And for those of you who've never been Mormons, uh, here's a weird thing you maybe didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> Try to make your Mormon friends laugh. Yes. They could use it. For could sure. Could use a good chuckle. Uh, anyway, yeah. Send us more DMs, emails. We absolutely love getting them. And it's like our favorite thing. We have gotten so many fascinating little messages lately about people's like the witches in their families and the incest and the relatives who apostatized who are like prominently featured in Mormon art. I can't get enough. I'm obsessed with all of it. Don't stop. So yeah, email us at pleaseblesspod at gmail.com. Message us on TikTok or Instagram at pleaseblesspod. 
And oh, and rate and review the podcast. I mean, we love it. We got a review Please. this week. Um, because you may remember that our last episode we went on a mini tangent about Tom Cruise. I promise I'm not going to repeat that here today, though I could. And someone reviewed the podcast as Ethan Hunt and was like, more Tom Cruise content. <laughs> That's awesome. And I appreciate it because someone else on our um, YouTube commented, like, you're right. You did talk about Tom Cruise too much in this video. <gasps> what? Which, what a hater. Hater. <laughs> but oh, I don't man. even care because that review came in on Apple Podcasts and I was like, this is all I care about. Ethan Hunt is a fan of the podcast. Yeah. Canceled it out. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks, Ethan. Um, yeah. So we're going to review the podcast. Just in case any more haters show up, we really need you guys to say nice things. Yeah, please. We appreciate it. And, um, you know, we might talk about Sister Wives again, maybe at the end of the season. I don't know. Yeah. Let us know what you want to hear. Yeah, please. We'll do We'll do what you say. Anyway, love you guys. Love you guys. Please bless this podcast. Amen. <laughs>